spend a lifetime preaching on these two verses and I might but I, I'm not going to take my whole lifetime tonight okay so Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15 for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that have the power of death that is the devil Amen. that is the devil the devil be it be ever so vile is still the God's devil okay God is sovereign over all. And someone bumped the cord. And my machine's <laughs> off. <laughs> what happened? I think it was just the TV. Come on. Come on. And nothing. Okay, power off. Power on. Okay, so he had the power of death. Now, does that mean, you know, when, when, when Scripture tells us that someone... Like, uh, for instance, um, a judicial execution by the Heavenly Father happens all the time. You know, you have you have the uh, um, you have that instance where where uh, Jerusalem is being assaulted by the Assyrians, and then and the angel of the Lord shows up, and and you know, one angel with one sword and a hundred thousand are dead. Okay, so there's a particular jurisdiction handed over to the enemy and it rests on law the enemy is a rebel he doesn't play fair he lies and he corrupts but this whole universe works the way it does because God said it the way it is and, and so there are, there are even boundaries he can't pass and he takes opportunities on the things that God set <clears throat> you need to understand that about our enemy you know, um, a lot of that, we were talking about this, Joel and I were talking about this, some of the, you know, I, I, I pray that he'll testify during the day, right? And so, you know, one of, one of the guys I was able to, to just 
you know, give some truth to today, we were just talking about sexual orientation. But what we're dealing with in terms of sexual sin, um, all, what is the double playing on? We're engineered to be attracted. We're engineered to have desires. That's what that's he made it. And so the devil comes in and he takes that which God made and he corrupts it and bends it. Okay. So Jesus came and through death, see, he had to take on man's form because as the Son of God, he didn't die. He had to come into human form to suffer death to destroy the one who had the power of death. Okay? Why? To deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Subject to bondage. Now, I missed an outing last night. I heard it was a good film. As always, any mention of a film is not an endorsement thereof. <laughs> but what, what, what was the movie? Harriet. Harriet Tubman. Okay? So, see... We read scripture, we don't, we don't get it. We have, we have so sanitized our language. You know, we think slavery was something that happened in, in, you know, from, from the 16th to the 19th century. Because today we don't call it slavery, we call it human trafficking. Oh, it's human trafficking. And so we sanitize it, and so, you know, I'm trafficking humans, I'm selling human, I'm selling human beings, slavery. And gone away. It's still with us. Still here. Now, in terms of shadow slavery um, and massive quantities, the Eastern and Western slave trade, the only difference between the Eastern and Western slave trade is the West stopped it. It has never stopped on the Eastern side of, of the equation. Okay? It continues to this day. But we still have slavery in the United States. See, we were released from slavery. <coughs> slavery. See, even in the King James, we get servant, we get bondage, but we don't get the impact of we were slaves to fear. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to terror. We were slaves to our own corruption. Jesus died to set us free. To set us free. Amen? So, the devil executes on legal grounds. What are the legal grounds? What's that called? Uh, it's not. It's not offense. A, a capital offense. But when, you know, what's the? It's not standing. It's not standing. Standing is, is your jurisdiction. But jurisprudence. The law. The, the law you're using. Oh, for the case. Is there a technical term for it? Or is it just legal grounds. It's just legal grounds, right? Yeah. I'm talking to a lawyer. Legal grounds. Okay. So the law was the legal ground on which death was dealt. Okay, now, he was a murderer from the beginning. He was a liar from the beginning. Who did he murder? Adam and Eve. How? He lied to them. Had they died spiritually. He was a murderer. Okay? And yet, every death since, even though we might look askance at it, we might say unfair, unjust, tell me any human being who has died since Adam, including Adam and his wife, who didn't deserve it. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only human being who died who didn't deserve it. Every single one of us 
Had it coming. Huh? What do you mean we had it coming? I'm a nice person. Really? See, the death penalty for murder, that's the death, the law says, you get, okay, you murder someone? Death penalty. Well, I've never killed anybody. Okay. How many of you grew up with siblings? How many of you have been mad at your sibling? Okay, Jesus says death penalty. Anger. Anger is the root sin to murder. I came close a couple of times, thank God for my sister. She got me between us. See, if you, if you strike a parent, it was the death penalty. But if you curse the parent, it was the death penalty. Like if a child said, I hate you, to their parent, out of there. We ain't taking that. You know, we have, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, you use corporal punishment today and you might have child protective services in here. Yeah, right. See, in Israel, you might have. In Israel, if it went really south, the child got taken outside and stoned to death, and that was the end of it. I'm, I'm citing the law. Exodus 21 12, but death penalty for murder, there's more. Goes all the way back to Genesis. Exodus 21 15 to 17, death penalty for striking or cursing a parent. Okay? Death penalty for stealing. All right? Now, now you, so you've got to follow all the law comes out of the narrative. I mean, the law is there because it's the law of God, but it comes out of the narrative of Genesis. So we theft is the principle. That's the base principle. Taking something that does not belong to you, but the law narratively speaks directly toward kidnapping. Kidnapping. If you take a person that is not yours, death penalty. Yeah, now it's 100 years in jail. Death now, is kidnapping a federal crime? No, it's, no, it's still, 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 still state, state, still state. Yeah. So, but what is the narrative given to us to illustrate the horror of kidnapping? Joseph. Joseph. And what happened to Joseph? He was going to slavery. Slavery. He got sold into. He was human trafficking. Slavery. Slavery. Stolen person. Slavery. Death penalty. Wow. Okay. You with me? Oh, wait a minute. How many of you have worked seven days a week? How many of you have broken time? I have. I have. What if you work one day a Sunday? Let me put the coin on you. How many of you have, have uh, had a week where you didn't work six days? What? Uh, see, Sabbath keeping includes working six days a week. Wow. You know, unions are unions. The law is the law. Weekend is a Western concept. Um, week starts a French concept, but I won't go there. Anyhow, um, you know, you just get warmed up and then, whoop, you're done for the night. Okay. Death penalty for Sabbath breaking, Exodus 31:14. Death penalty for idol worship. Of course, now this Leviticus 22 is if you give your child a mullet, but that's in worship. Okay. So now we have, see, giving your child a mullet, now we have, um, we have murder. We have idol worship. Abortion. We have a, uh, yeah, the whole thing is worse as well. Yeah, abortion in the modern day abortion, <laughs> partial birth abortion, which is never mind. Okay. Death penalty for adultery. Uh, for for both the adulteress and the adulterer, by the way, both of them die. Oh wait a minute! I've never committed adultery. Ever fantasized about that? Oh hey, whoa, hey, don't go there. Oh wait a minute! Jesus says, well, if you've done it here, you might as well have done it there. See, the law focuses on the action. 
The law of liberty in Christ Jesus focuses on the intent. The law focuses on the flesh. Jesus Christ focuses on the heart. So as harsh as you might think this is, Jesus takes it to a higher place. And the reason he does is because he empowers you to live in that higher place and be free from this. Because if you never look at a woman in lust, will you ever commit adultery? Will you ever be a fornicator? No. No, it becomes impossible because the engagement's mental. It's not instinctual. You don't just turn around. Well, I don't even get it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you walk around with all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. No. No, 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 no. Okay? It doesn't happen that way. Not even with animals. <laughs> Death penalty for using the Lord's name in vain. Now, here's another one we've watered down. And I'm not advocating that we throw OMG around all the time. Uh, although that kind of upsets me. This is the Lord's name in vain. This is the name of Yahweh. And there, there, there are a couple of ways of using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, the one we're familiar with, which is to blaspheme God, is to assign to God something that is not of Him. Um, it's, it's not to utter a curse. It's, it's absolutely appropriate to curse what God curses and say, God damn... So-and-so. Okay? The devil. That, you know, that, that is... That's a, go ahead. Well, that's a question. But the, the other one is, is that, you know, if, if, you, if you ascribe to God what is not His, if you call God what He does not do, um, but then going further, seeing the law of liberty of Christ Jesus is, you know, if you prophesy and throw the name of the Lord on the tail of it, and it's a prophecy from your own heart, that's a vain use of the Lord's name. See, when you use the Lord's name, it's supposed to have effect. And if it's vanity, it's a breach. And it brings death. What happens when you speak in the name of the Lord, but the Lord has not spoken? Are you bringing life into a situation? You're bringing death into the situation. You're bringing death into the situation. That's a What is the penalty? Death. You see, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Okay. My brother got my back. Say what he said. The gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Romans seven verses nine through eleven. This is the English standard. I'm making a shift. Old dogs can't learn the tricks. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. This is how the devil does it. The commandment's good, just, and holy. But... What the devil does is, see, God says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And our sinful flesh here, wah, 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 adultery! Okay? And he uses the commandment, and then we get involved in the iniquity of our fathers so commit sin. So the same thing you're told you're not supposed to do is what you want to do. Yes. That's how it happens. So what does he mean when he says, I was once alive apart from the law? So before he knew what the law said. Before the law was said, then, you know... If there is no, another way of looking at this is, this is just application, not strict interpretation. But, hey, let me put it this way. If you're on a road, 
and there is no speed limit, and you break the speed limit. No. 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 But, but let's, let's say you're on the road, and there is no speed limit, but other laws are in play. Like, um, I don't know, the law of gravity, and the law of motion, and uh, force, and all these things. And so there's no speed limit, but there's a curve ahead. Okay. So there is no law to pull you over and say, you're driving recklessly. But there's a curve ahead, and you can go 115 miles an hour and die, because there are laws that supersede. So I could be free on my freeway and self-controlled, or I could be bound on my freeway looking for the fuzz. My daughter's not here. I can say that. Right. She's right here. Ah, she heard that. I got the bottom. Ah. All right. Does that help? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. All right. We good? Go forward. All right. First Corinthians two, verse six through eight. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Who are the rulers of this age? Who is the God of this world? Say, the one that Jesus defeated. The one that had the power of death. The, the wages of what? Sin is death. And we already identified that there's only one person who has ever died who didn't deserve it. Jesus. Why? He had no sin. Somebody went out of bounds. Somebody went out of bounds and put in Hades somebody who didn't belong there. Okay, so we're familiar with the cases, right? I mean, we're going back in time now. We got DNA. We've got people who've been on death row for murder and rape. There is. And, and they're being released based on new evidence. There's no way. This is not their DNA. Okay, so they've lost a good portion of their life, but when they get on, out, on the outside, what do they, what do they get? Freely about $57 to read. <clears throat> they get free. No, I mean, I mean, when they've been wrongfully incarcerated, and it's proven they're wrongfully incarcerated, and they bring a civil suit against the oh. state or the Fed for wrongful incarceration, millions of dollars. It gets into the millions because they were wrongly incarcerated. Jesus was wrongly incarcerated. What he got was the jail. Oh, snap. Right? Right? Okay? But see, 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 this was the plan all along. Is that before this even, this is what we talked about last week, before this even got started, before they breathed the stars out, before man was formed and the breath of God came into him, they decided, they, the Godhead decided, okay, the Son, you know, the, the Father said, okay, I'm going to set this in motion. The Son said, I will be the sacrifice. The Holy Spirit said, I will be the seal. See, the Holy Spirit in you is the incarnation of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God, in the body of Jesus of Nazareth is the incarnation of the Word of God. Okay? It's the Godhead. So, all this gets set in motion. Okay? The devil knows he's, he's bucking against this Creator. It's not like... But, but once this creator got in a human outfit, oh, I got you. I know you've got hunger. Why don't you turn this stone into bread? Hey, I, I know 
I know your family. I know your family. You know that David guy? A little ambitious. You know his, uh, was his grandmother? You know that prostitute? I knew her. I know your family. I know you want some glory. How about I give you some glory? Because you're just a human suit. How about I kill you? Oh, I can't. Oh, I can kill you. How about I kill you, but I kill you slow, see? Because the mercies of the wicked are cruel. Mm. So, so, so Jesus, Jesus says, hey, I've done many good works. Which one are you stoning me for? And they said, because you said you were God. And, you know, and then he disappears. He says, he says, this day, this day are these words fulfilled. You know, that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. And they, they Nazareth are like, no, we saw you grow up. We know your brothers and sisters. We know we know where you come from. Blasphemer, gonna throw you off the hill. He disappears. Eat. <laughs> you can't throw him off a hill. You can't arrest him. He look, he started his ministry by going into the wilderness and taking the best shot the devil had at him after 40 days with no food and water. He comes to the end of it by going into the epicenter of the religious power and throwing their tables upside down. They can't even touch him. They have to get an insider. He is so nondescript. They have to get an insider to point him out in the dark and say, that's the Jesus guy. I know there's a whole bunch of guys that hang together that look like him, but that's really him right there. I'll kiss him for you. Okay? And they go arrest him, and he says, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I told you, I am He. And the whole posse falls to the ground. Okay? And then He says, okay, you can take me. Yeah. And the devil goes, woo! <coughs> but if He knew the plan. But we have part of secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Is it in? Is it in flow? Go ahead. Yeah. So you were saying earlier how the devil was going, going through the whole history of stuff. He was nondescript to the rest of the world. But Satan knew where he came from and knew what cards to pull of going. Hey, your family here. Your because he implanted himself in that family. So us as Christians, we need to know where we come from because the devil will do the same thing. Because we are, you know, we do make impacts on the world, but we're also nondescript like Jesus. And we have a family and history. And we have a family history that the rest of the world does not know, but he want he wants to play those cards on you. So so let me take you a step back on that. That's one that that is that is truth from our perspective. What did the son do? Did the son say, Hey, have me born into a royal family like Solomon's son? No. No. How about you put me in a family that has a history of Jacob's? Jacob who stole the birthright from his brother. Judah who sold his brother into slavery. No traffic light. No huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, you know, Rahab, who betrayed her own people uh, to save her family. Now, I'm not, I'm not thrown down on her, I'm just saying. And, and so, how about you give me a broken mess 
and then throw me into a country that's under subjugation by a foreign power and have me born somewhere on the where only angels and shepherds can find me. How about that? How about I come in naked and destitute like everybody else? How about that? What a choice. What a choice. No one can look at their family history and say, God can't. God can't. Jesus came in from a family you can't even match in your wildest dream. You know? You got Absalom in your family? What's the other guy who... Never mind. You've read the Bible. Okay? So none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they... See, he was so excited. Look at God's master plan. Jesus comes into a human suit. The devil goes, I got him. Oh, all these years, all this time, you know, I walk up with the sons of God and God's like, what did you do, you know? I, I got to torture Job for a while. Big deal. I get the kid now. I get, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, you know, betrayal, um, extreme torture, uh, ridicule, uh, complete humiliation, the worst death available to man at that point in time, and he is gleeful and joyful. And if you read the description and you read the spirit realm behind that description, you know all the hounds of hell were yelping and having fun that day until Jesus showed up in Hades. Mm. And then all snap. Yeah. Yeah, until until he walked in. Because, well, you know, wrongful imprisonment. <laughs> now, I, I've thrown this in, side rabbit, but just so you know, because we talk about this. This is this gets thrown around when God does things that, you know, we're like, well, you know, we see through a glass darkly, true. But then we say, well, we don't know what when you try to talk to people about what their hope is, what's gonna happen when you die, we don't really know what God has planned. No, someone <laughs> says. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. What? The, the, all these things that God hid, all these wonders, all the things that if the devil had known, he would have never crucified Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in you is starting out the truth with, Abba, Abba. I am fathered. I am not an orphan. I am alive. Wow. And all of that, He's broadcasting in your heart. All these glories you'll give you glimpses of. It's not hidden because the Spirit searches the depths <laughs> of God. Holy Spirit and the Father share every thought. Every thought. Amen. And He lives in you. Amen? Preaching. Amen. Good news there, huh? Praise God. See, Amen. He shows up in Hades. I am the living one. I was dead, but lo, I'm alive forever and ever and hold the keys of death and Hades. Who do you think he got them from? Yeah. Yeah, he, he made ineffectual, took away the power from the one who had the power of. The one who was keeping Hades. And I can go uh, on, on a wild ride here. This is why, see, okay, as the gatekeeper of Hades, this is why necromancers can call dead souls up from the grave because they were talking and making deals with their master. This is different than when, see, this is different than when God brings somebody out of Sheol, 
See, Moses and Elijah were in Sheol. Abraham's bosom when they showed up to Jesus. That, that's a legitimate appearance so of someone were, who's left their flesh. So are you saying that Moses and Elijah were there because of what Jesus was going to do in the future? So Jesus in the past was talking to them based on what he was going to do in the future? There's all kinds of mind bends there. So, but I, I'm just saying that God, Hades, Hades, Hades belongs to God. <laughs> and Hades had two chambers. You know, yeah. bad place, Abraham's bosom. God can call someone out. This is how resurrections happen in the Old Testament. The devil had the keys to death in Hades. So the predominant access of information to dead people went through him. This is this is how this is why it was going through mediums, wizards, and necromancers. This is before Jesus. Quick question. Yes. Is that why um, when um, when Saul actually actually gets the witch? Um, I forgot what you're yes. saying. But Which goes, yeah, yeah, good, but goes to um, Samuel's grave. Yes, you know, and seeking Samuel from the grave is almost like he's just served. Pretty much, it's, it's through the fact that the witch serves under what is, you know, yes, evil. Yeah, she was she yeah. was accessing it through evil spirit forces. Wow. Okay, but you know what? Jesus shows up, smacked the devil in the jaw, said, "Give me those keys." He doesn't have any more. Hallelujah! Because death couldn't hold him. Because you know what? He didn't sin. He did not sin. He was there unjustly. You know what? His blood makes you righteous. And where were you when he was in hell? Where were you when he was in hell? In him. Where were you when he was on the cross? In him. Where were you when he resurrected? In him. Where were you when he ascended? In him. Where were you when he sat on the right hand side of the Father? In him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Death has no hold on you. That's good news. Because the base fear, see, you have a whole limbic system in your brain. The, the, the fight or flight, okay? When something threatens your life, a whole bunch of stuff comes online very quickly. Adrenaline rushes into your system and, and to give you power to either run real fast or fight real hard. Or both. Or both. <laughs> because because unless, you, unless you are supremely debilitated or diseased of mind and spirit, ain't no one here wants to die. Jesus was... Okay, let's talk about depression and suicide. Okay, we'll talk about depression and suicide. Jesus says, I am sorrowful unto death. Approaching the garden, he was what we would classify clinically depressed. And yet, he had to sweat blood to say, not my will, but yours be done. So, okay? So, so you've got to be diseased in spirit to take your own life. Because no one wants to die. No one does. Most of the time they're just from relief and it's mostly kids because they don't understand that there's a consequence and that consequence is death. Wanting to die and giving your life, two different things. Two different things. Greater love has no man but that he should lay his life down for his friends. Completely different motivation, completely different place, right? But look, if you're not scared of dying, what won't you do for the kingdom of God?
Doc was coming in. Hey, Doc. Welcome, baby. Come on in. Come on in. Hey, kids. Welcome, welcome. Bless God. All right. So he has the keys to death and Hades. All right? So he delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Afraid of death. Subject to bondage, okay? We were delivered from fear to boldness. Now, I, I could take you all into the Greek. I'm going to stay on English right here. Basically, let me, let me get behind the curtain real quick. All I did was, look, the writer of Hebrews just listed a whole bunch of stuff we were delivered from. Well, you're not just delivered from, you're delivered to. So I just said, okay, so what's the antonym? In the Greek, and I have I have a, a Zodiati is the uh, is the editor of my one particular Greek lexicon that I like to really dig into, and and it gives you the antonyms, the opposites. The opposite of phobos is the word for boldness. It's not faith. Faith and fear are opposites. Fear and boldness are opposites. Fear and courage are opposites. We've known this, but death to life, bondage to freedom. I should have just said slavery there. See, I'm even washing it down a little bit. My bad. All right, we are delivered from to. Okay? See, that Greek word phobos is from the word, this verb, phebomai, is to flee from, terror. Now, that verb is not used in the scripture. That noun is phobos. But I, this is why I talked to you about the fight, fight or flight syndrome. Fear, shrinking back, terror, afraid. Honey, honey. Oh, we ought to. I had this reaction when, you know, you're, you're hoping your daughter uh, goes to Kuwait. I'm thinking, Kuwait? Kuwait's right next to, right next to all the mess. You know, so look at the difference. You know, here he's delivered in a storm. Here I am, a comfortable Western American Christian, thinking, oh no, you're going to send your daughter to the front line? He's praying for it. Courage. Amen? Romans 8.15 For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, I thought I was born into the kingdom. You were. You were born and adopted. And this adopted is to show, particularly to a Greek reading community that's not part of the commonwealth of Israel, that they were brought in, that they are grafted into the natural branch. And under Roman and Greek law, an adopted child has all the same privileges and rights and responsibilities as a natural-born child. There is no differentiation. That's the point. So it's, it's both and. Okay? Not only were you born into it, God chose you. This is, this is the clarion call of all adopted children. You know, when they wonder about their identity and where they came from, the parent says, you know, natural-born children, come. I picked you. I picked you out. I decided... You would be my child. So adoption, there's a long list of adoptees in Scripture that are highly prominent. Okay, First and foremost being who? Jesus of Nazareth. Who was adopted by Joseph. Okay? Hello? He covers it from A to Z, man. I mean, He doesn't leave anything out. He redeemed us all. All of our brokenness, all our messiness, everything. Not to get back into fear, not to get back into shame, not to get back into bondage. That's the basis. My daddy. My daddy. Whoop your daddy. My daddy can beat your daddy. My daddy can whoop your daddy. I'm not an orphan. 
I am not unprotected. I am not uncovered. I am not unloved. I have a Father, and the Spirit of God cries from the very depths of my being, Abba! What can man do to me? My Father created the heavens and the earth. You're going to take my job? You're going to take my health? You're going to take my friends? Please, I get to inherit the universe. Is that the best you have? For eternity. It's good news. For eternity. It's good news, people. Second Timothy 1 7. For God gave us the spirit, not of fear. Now this fear is not phobos. This fear is timidity. This fear is um, cowardice. Not ah! <laughs> Okay, but uh, no. Oh, there's people there. I don't want to talk. Jesus, Jesus has compassion on the coward, but he has no commendation for the coward. Con he, he, he has no praise for the coward. He has compassion for the coward, but no praise. No praise in drawing back. No praise in drawing back. I forged the field, I went ahead, I laid the highway, and you turn around? No. He has compassion, but no commendation. No praise for the coward. And you know what? You don't have, see the good news, you don't have a spirit of cowardice, but of power and love and self-control. Hallelujah. Are you discontented and fearful of man? If you struggle with this, well, be confident in him. Hebrews 13, 5 and 4. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, boldly say, courageously say, open face say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This set me free years ago. Speaking truth to power is the thing. You know that? <coughs> We even have a fable about it. The king, the emperor's clothes. You know? More elaborate clothing, more elaborate. Finally, the tailor said, you know, only righteous people can see this clothing, so the king's walking around naked. And no one, no one's going to say the emperor's naked. So one little kid went, look at the emperor, no clothes. That's speaking truth to power. Emperor doesn't like it. He usually executes that person. In the corporate world, you fire that person. Okay? But you know what? Understanding that the Lord had me. So long as I was pursuing Him, and I knew the truth, that honesty is always the best policy, if you ask me for a candid opinion, you're going to get it. If you want the facts, you're going to get it. I can't alter your reaction. You know? But there's a world of difference walking into a workplace, trying to impress somebody, concerned about what they might think about you, and knowing that you've got a sign there by the creator of the heavens and the earth who's always with you and helping you serve that enterprise, helping you serve those people. Because what that means is if you're serving Jesus and he moves you out, he's, he's done with your mission there. He's moving you to another mission. You never lost employment because you work for the king. Amen? Amen? Are you scared to death? Are you scared to death? I'm telling you. 
you get you get close enough to it, you begin wondering. If you're not, you should be. Yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're secure. But, you know, begin to wonder. I, I know when I was going through treatment, my struggles were not only, okay, so what's the judgment seat going to really look like? Where am I really with Jesus? Not, I wasn't afraid of salvation. No, I'm not that, you know, I'm not afraid of hell. But, look, i, I got to look my master in the face. He knows everything I did. You know, you can fool some of the people some of the time. But you ain't fooling him. Right? And... And then, what happens to everyone around me? Yeah. And what about the life I might miss? And so you sit there and you tremble in fear. It's real. Ain't none of us want to die. You don't go through. You don't go through this if you don't want to stay alive. It don't. Are you scared to death? Walk by faith and not sight. Walk by faith and not sight. So we are always of good courage. 2 Corinthians 5, 6-9. We are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we'd rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Look at that. Even when we're away, should the Lord tarry and our spirit leave our body, our endeavor until the resurrection and thereafter will be to please Him. You're not going up to heaven should you die before He returns to sit idle. There's stuff to do, folks. I, I see Jesus as a general contractor. I don't see Him out there going, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. i got one more nail to put on this mansion. I mean, you know. Are you paralyzed with fear? I mean, are, are there certain sectors of your life you just can't touch because you're like, ah! You can't move. You're paralyzed. Right? Some guys had a paralyzed friend and they tore a roof up. That's how bold they were. They're like, oh, we can't get in the meeting, huh? So they tore up some guy's house, ripped a hole in his roof and lowered him down. Jesus looked at the paralyzed man and he said, Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You're forgiven. No shame can hold you back. No sin can hold you back. You're forgiven. You're not trying to get accepted. You are accepted. You're not trying to get in. You've been bought. You were bought when you were damaged goods. Storms of life have you in a fretful worry. You got some turbulence in your life. The sea is going up and down. Take courage. I'm here. Don't be afraid, Jesus says. Like, you know, the apostles thought they were having a hard enough time. The boat's getting swamped. They can't get across the lake and the whole bit. And then if that wasn't bad enough, some ghost walks up out of the sea. I mean, it's bad enough you're dealing with the sea, but then this, this spirit, it, it, it's just like, whoa, 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 take courage, it's okay, it's just me. It's just me out here walking on the water, no big deal. Chill. Walking on the water, what are you talking about? Take courage, don't be afraid. I'm here. It's me. You think you're in storms alone? You're never alone. 
Never! Can't see where you're going? Don't know what the future holds? Can't see your way through? There was this blind man on the road. He was waiting there. And he hears. Jesus is coming. Son of David, have mercy! Master's teaching. Son of David, have mercy! Master, Son of David! I yelled. And, 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 and so they, they said to him, Hey, cheer up. Get on your feet. He's calling you. <laughs> Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Can't see where you're going? Cheer up. Get up on your feet. He's calling you. He's calling you. Amen? That was a notification. This world giving you trouble? This world giving you trouble? Are you concerned about the political climate, the economic climate? Are you concerned about the climate? That's another conversation. Um, you know, are, are you worried about where life's going, what you're doing with your life, your business? Am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? Am I going to... You know, yeah, how can I feed the children I got? We're all giving you trouble. Hey, be brave, be brave. Jesus says, I've conquered the world. You know, the lying world, the secular world, brags about having the world at their feet. The world's not at their feet, he's at the feet of the master we serve. Be brave. I've conquered the world. You're not marching into contested territory. You're marching into, well, an insurgency. But you're still the authority, right? It's conquered territory. Be brave. Here's what we do. We run through life and run up to the corpse of Goliath with his head rolled off and go, Oh, it's a child! And the son of David standing there with a sword in hand going, it's a headless dead giant. Would you just march forward? What is your problem? Be brave. I've conquered the world. Are you encouraged yet? Yes. I'll keep preaching. Uh, I'll keep preaching. No. <clears throat> Has your testimony cost you? Has your testimony cost you? Have you lost friends? <laughs> somebody, people think I'm not sometimes. Have you lost That's business? Okay. Have you had your life threatened? Has your testimony cost you? Paul gets arrested in Jerusalem. He's so tired of getting beat, it's one of the few times he pulls out the citizenship papers. <laughs> He's like, look, I just got pulled from a crowd wanted to rip me alive, now you're going to rip my back open again. If you look at my back, you can see, uh, this has happened before, I'm just not in the mood, you're about to whip a Roman citizen, okay? The guy's like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> And then Jesus, so after all of this, after everything he's been through, you know, and here he is, and, and all, the whole temple is blown up, right? His whole ministry, I mean, everything, his life is just like taken up. You, you know, I, I can see it going in his mind. It's like, okay, I mean, Philip's daughter said don't go. Agabus said don't go. Everybody said don't go, but no, you had to go. And here we are, and they're going to whip you again. Please don't do that, sir. And Jesus says, take courage. You must testify more. As you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you will testify in Rome. Take courage. You're not done yet. You're just arrested. You got a prison sentence to serve. You got some more work to do. 
Take courage. <clears throat> you get to testify more. Richie did. He was confident he was going to survive the shipwreck because he was going. Yeah, he's like, okay. Hey, look, everybody's got to stay on the boat because I'm on the boat. Galatians five one. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Don't bow your neck to it again. Second Corinthians seventeen and eighteen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. Praise God. Now we get to like thank Him. Praise Him. Amen? Everybody, folks. <laughs>